how can we be that place that kids want to come home to? And I think when we're intentional, never perfect, but intentional about communicating our values, about living out the things that matter most to us, kids are going to want to come home to that and it's going to bond you all together. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Parents remain the most powerful and important influence in their kid's life. Many parents lose sleep over their responsibility, wondering if they're providing the right boundaries, discipline, and examples to ensure their children have a bright future. Author Monica Swanson combines years of research with personal stories and step-by-step practical advice in her latest book, Raising Amazing, bringing up kids who love God, like their family, and do the dishes without being asked. And joined me to share some of her most practical advice for how you can also raise amazing kids. Instead of being overwhelmed by the growing challenges that families face, Monica cheers on parents to pour into their kids' life in a way that inspires them and shapes them into young adults they are proud to launch into the world. For those that are new around here, I release bonus episodes that serve a niche part of my audience. I have listeners of all faith backgrounds that listen to the podcast, and this episode is specifically coming from a Christian perspective. So if that's something that doesn't fit what you're looking for, check out the other episode that dropped this week with Tyler Moore of Tidy Dad, or join me back here next Tuesday for a conversation about designing a calm space in your home with Holly Blakey that you don't want to miss. Monica, thanks for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you here too. Today, we're going to be talking about three simple ways to ensure your family is close, which is something Mm. that's really important to me as our kids are getting older. I feel like, how do we ensure the closeness now so that they'll want to come back once they move out? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't you go ahead and (laughs) and we will get started. You bet. So yes, I'm Monica Swanson. I'm uh, here on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. And I have four sons. Uh, Three are somehow adults now. I've got a 23, 21 and 18 year old. And then I also have a 12 year old. And we have homeschooled pretty much from the beginning. So uh, feels pretty good to have graduated three. But I'm still in the thick of it with my 12 year old. And uh, I love to encourage families. It's just my heart to share the good news that, you know, parenting can be great that Kids can grow up well. My family's super close, uh, have great relationships with parents and kids, and then the kids with one another. So I just love to encourage families. I think there's a lot of bad news out there about, you know, everything to expect when kids grow up, but I am such a believer that it can be really great. And I love family. It's my heart. Um, I am the author of Boy Mom, which came out in 2019. Uh, I have had the Boy Mom podcast for years, but it just transitioned to the Monica Swanson podcast as my next book is not just for boy parents. It's called Raising Amazing, bringing up kids who love God, like their family and doing the dishes with and do the dishes without being asked. Uh, So that's a book really about faith, character and strong family relationships. So I'm so excited to talk to you today about this. Yeah, absolutely. And we can just dive right in. I have this quote that you had said, it's, if you want your family to be close, do these three things, decide it, expect it, talk about it. 
Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really all about being intentional. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think we think we're intentional, like we, we, ha we have good intentions, but you know what they say about um, good intentions, they, they often don't lead us where we want to go. So it's really taking action on those intentions, not just hoping for the best, but making things happen. And so, yeah, so I've got three ways. I mean, there's so many things I could talk about. I love this topic so much, especially coming right after the holidays where my two older boys who now live across the ocean from us, I mm. um, in California, they were home with us. And just to see them all interact, I just, I could talk about this all day. Why was it laid on your heart to encourage parents in this way? Yes. Yes. So, you know, I, I've been blogging for 12 years now. And when I first started, I was, you know, just really sharing about our life in Hawaii. My kids have been competitive surfers. One of them still is. And, um, was kind of talking just a lot about just family life and all that. But I started to find that whenever I wrote about um, just the positive side of parenting, that was when I started getting more and more people saying, tell us more, we need good news. And then as my boys grew up, I think it was other people who pointed out to me like, man, your boys look, look really close. Like when they started getting on social media, they would post like encouraging things to one another and shouting each other out and just saying really sweet things. And people were like, okay, that's not normal. So I think I hadn't realized how unusual it was until other people started pointing it out. And uh, it's always been my heart, you know, homeschooling, seeing the boys grow up so close together. I've wanted them to be best friends. But as I saw it play out, I just thought, you know, we've got something special and I want to encourage others to really do what they can. There's no guarantees. There's no formulas in parenting or in family life. But I wanted to share what we had in any way I could. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I do want to preface this conversation with you can do everything the quote unquote right way. And our kids are still their own individuals and they make their own mistakes. And I think that's something that I've made peace with just because I look at my path in life and I wasn't always making the best choices. And mm -hmm. I think that the thing I will say, my mom just prayed all the time. And mm -hmm. um, I do think that that was a huge factor, but also I felt like I could always go to them. And that was another really big thing. I mean, again, though, you can do those two things and still have, we'll call it a, a prodigal child. So mm -hmm. anyway, a woman is listening and like, this isn't mm -hmm her season right now. And, and she's finding that that she did all the right things and it's not, I, I don't want her to feel discouraged, I guess. So I don't know if you oh. have a word that you want to say before we get started with that as well. Oh yeah. That's so important. I'm really glad you brought that up because, uh, certainly only God is sovereign and our kids have a free will and he, he allows, allows them to make choices just like, um, we've all made choices. And so whether it's for a season or for a lifetime, our kids are going to ultimately make choices for themselves and how they want to relate to us, how they um, want to live their lives. And so there is no formula, but what I like to focus on is what can we do? Like, what are the action steps we can take? And if a child has, you know, pulled away a little bit, put some space there, sometimes that is just for a season. So what can we do in the, in that season to draw them back, to really reestablish a relationship that is healthy and, um, and then accept the things we can't do because we can't do it all. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, what are your three simple ways? Let's get into the first one. What yeah. Right. Well, in my book, Raising Amazing, I talk about really uh, a family trajectory or taking our kids on a journey. And, you know, I, I open with the analogy of getting on an airplane and how safe and secure we feel when the pilot can tell us, you know, exactly how far we're going, how long it's going to take, you know, kind of give us the, the flight schedule and what that's going to look like and how horrible it would be if we got on an airplane and 
you had no directions. You had no idea where you were going. The pilot didn't know and just chaos was everywhere. And I think, you know, sometimes family life comes in really busy seasons, you know, for a lot of us, you grow up, you're just kind of barely on your own and you end up getting married and getting pregnant. And all of a sudden you've got these kids and you're just like, life can feel so chaotic, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? These kids are depending on us to really be leaders, to tell them who we are, where we're headed, what is our family culture, where, where are we going? And, and sometimes we're like, I don't know. We're not sure. But you know what? We we can make some decisions. Like we yeah. had no uh, authority over how our parents raised us, but now we're really in the driver's seat and yeah. we can decide this is who we want to be as a family. These are our values. This is where we're headed. And like we already mentioned, kids may decide to get off that plane at some point and say, I'm going to be my own person. But you know what? As long as we are all together in this home, this is who we are as a family. And that's about establishing values. I talk in that chapter about um, a family mission statement, if you so choose. Not everyone loves those, but at least uh, really grouping up as a family and saying, who are we? What do you want to be known for? What are the things that you think of? When you come home, what do you look forward to? And maybe some things that you don't love that we can work on. So mm -hmm. I think having a family culture is key because everyone needs to belong. We all want something to call home. We want those, those people that are our people. And if you look at, you know, areas where kids end up gang members or, you know, getting into groups that are unhealthy, it's usually because they don't have a strong family to come home to. Mm -hmm. And so how can we be that place that kids want to come home to? And I think when we're intentional, never perfect, but intentional about communicating our values, about living out the things that matter most to us, kids are going to want to come home to that and it's going to bond you all together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm wondering for someone listening that does have teenagers right now and they, they want to be more intentional in this area. What does that look like with teenagers? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you started this when your kiddos were young, but do you have any recommendations for people that are already in the midst of parenting and don't know how to kind of go back and course correct? Yes, yes. Well, I do confess in the book that we didn't write out, even begin to write our family mission statement until my oldest son was home from college for his first holiday break. So that's the good news. We weren't totally on our game, but we do look back and realize that there were certain things we were living out. We were, you know, I say in the book that you are always communicating your family culture, whether you speak words or not, because kids are picking up on everything from how your attitude, how you spend money, what you do with your free time, like that's all part of your culture. So my biggest advice for any area of course correction is to really be humble and own it because kids know, especially by the time they're teenagers, they've already figured out that you're human and you're not perfect. So you're not fooling anyone. So my biggest advice is to go to them and say, you know what, mom, mom and dad, you know, depending on who you are as parents, just say, there's some areas that we wish we had done things different, but while you're still here, we want a chance to do it right. So we're going to make some changes and you may love them and you may not love some of them, but it's because we love you and we want what's best for you. And so just kind of being really honest and real, I think kids really value authenticity and talking to them as, you know, person to person and owning that is huge. I, kids really, really will respond to that best of all. I don't have teenagers yet. My oldest is eight. So I'm, mm. I guess I'm speaking from personal, like my personal yeah, behavior sure. as a teenager. However, I know that I was a brat there for a minute and sure. I was stubborn. I still am stubborn, but mm. I was stubborn. And so my parents always did have this. I always did feel like they were very rooted in what they wanted for mm. us, mm -hmm. but 
even though I wasn't going, gosh, how do I say it? Like I wasn't going along with it necessarily. I always knew in the back of my head that it was there. Like they created Mm -hmm. this firm foundation and it's like, you know, that it's there. Even if you're trying to put on this front of, Mm -hmm. I don't need you or I don't want this. I mean, Mm -hmm. it gives us a certain peace as kids to know that our parents are unwavering, I guess. hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's a whole chapter in this book called yeses and nos. And, and I'm pointing out there just that what you said is absolutely correct. Kids need boundaries and they need to know that there are certain, you know, somebody knows better than they do because even when they act like they know everything, they don't have a clue. They're still growing up. They're new to this world. So if they can look at us and say, wow, she really knows what's right and wrong for me. And, and even if she gets it wrong, she really is, has convictions that she's going to stand on that brings them security, whether they're toddlers or teenagers, that brings them security. All right. Well, what is your second recommendation to ensure closeness? Yes. Well, it's a super simple one, but it's so easy to neglect. And that is just be purposeful about time together. I think most of our kids are so busy. They are doing a hundred activities. They want to hang out with friends. They want to be on their devices. When it's a weekend, they want to go off and play. Um, Even vacations, we often, you know, want to bring other kids with us or they want to go on vacation with other kids. And I just encourage parents to really be intentional about that guarding the family time. And that means... You don't let the kids run off every time they're free. You certainly don't let them sit in their bedroom on a device every time they're free, but you really set, again, some boundaries that says, this is our family time. And sometimes you're going to be at home with your sibling and you might not think you like that sibling, but when you're stuck with them, when you, you know, have nothing else to do or anyone else to play with, you're going to get creative and that's going to end up being bonding moments. And my boys talk all the time about how, when they were young and, you know, I was busy with all these little kids at home. I didn't want to pack them up and go anywhere for play dates often. And they were stuck together and they ended up using their imaginations and creating crazy stories. And they just were almost like forced to be best friends, but it stuck and it worked. And so I just say, moms and dads, try to get off your own device. Don't busy yourself so much that you're gone every evening really be intentional about guarding family time and what builds relationships time together. Right. And so the more time you have together, the more those relationships will be built. We as a family love to go out in nature. It's the way that we connect Mm. with one another because I would say my husband and I are pretty different. We have a lot in common, but also a lot not in common. Uh It's interesting to see our kids' personalities too. But that said, it's something that's very unifying. It's something that's relaxing. I can sing the praises of nature all day long. I would encourage people if they don't know where to start, that would be a great idea. Just go to a metro park and walk around. Oh, yes. Get your own pace. Yep, definitely. And my boys would say shared adventures is what bonded them. And outdoor shared adventures, especially. So yes, hikes, bike rides, walks, anything where you're outside seems to have some magical key to really bonding us together. Specifically for you with boys, what did you find? I will just say specifically with boys right now. What did you find was connecting to you guys in those later teenage years? Mm, Yeah. You know, we continued to do a lot of things outdoors. Of course, we're here in Hawaii. So we spent a lot of time at the beach together as a family and, you know, often would just take a walk after dinner and some of the kids would jump on a skateboard or a bike, but we would all be together. Uh, Also just 
we we have continued to be people that play board games, play cards. Um, we really have tried to make devices not the center, you know, screens not the center of the home. And so just kids will often grumble like, no, I don't want to. Let's watch a movie. And we'll be like, no, let's play a game. And once you're 10 minutes into it, everyone's all in. But it's sometimes you have to push against that a little bit. So I think just, again, being intentional, gathering everybody, not giving them too many options to go and, you know, tune out and put on their headphones and be in their room, but call them out, say, this is time to hang out. And they end up grateful for that later. All right. Well, let's get into the third recommendation. What do you have? Yes. Uh, it, it was so hard for me to narrow these to three, but I'm going to say uh, one of my final chapters is called talk about everything. And I just think that we need to talk to our kids. We need to bring things up um, before they learn them from the world, especially if they're going away to school every day. Uh, they're going to be introduced to concepts, ideas, thoughts, you know, cultural attitudes. And so we need to talk to our kids. Uh, I talk about the phrase setting the first tracks. And, you know, if you've ever go to the mountains, go skiing or snowboarding, and you get to the top of the slope and it's a beautiful, you know, snowy day, maybe if you're there early in the morning, <clears throat> excuse me. And how, when you set those first tracks, it's, it's really similar with kids where when we make that first impression, what is their first idea about, um, you know, sexuality? What is their first idea about, um, you know, values, uh, cultural ideas when we teach them first, uh, introduce them to concepts, then they're going to compare other things to what we teach them. So I think it's important to, I say, talk about things before they're things. So sometimes it feels like, oh, but you know, my son's only eight. Does he really need to know that yet? Yes, he does actually <laughs> younger and younger these days. So talking about things so that we are the safe place so that we are a place where they can they can dish it out they can talk they can wrestle with questions or doubts and the more you talk and i know some people are like i'm an introvert i just don't love to talk but i'm going to encourage parents to bring things up anyway to be that safe place so as kids face new things in life they always come home and feel like they have a safe place to wrestle with ideas to ask questions and to work out their own thoughts and I think that has really bonded our family. And it's something I've found, you know, through research is just a key to family staying tight. Yeah, absolutely. I know that Jody Maccabee, she was on the podcast mm. not too long ago, but she really encouraged me with, I guess if any kiddos are listening, mute me here. But mm. they, with the sex talk, I was really mm -hmm. encouraged with that because... If I'm uncomfortable with it, then I'm going to be awkward, but it's like sure. those things are not necessarily uncomfortable at all. It's just my uncomfortability mm -hmm. and I'm putting that on this conversation. This exactly. And mm -hmm. also I should have those conversations younger. I mean, age appropriate, obviously, mm -hmm. but totally. like before puberty hits and they're awkward at that point, yeah, you right? don't want to miss a window before it does become uncomfortable for your kids. So to true. Have. Yeah. So I was just telling my friend that the other day, I was like, I got to get on this. We got to, we got to get to it. But, it, oh. it is so true. And there's so many other things too. I just think that sometimes parents just assume their kids know more than they do, but they're, yeah. they're really waiting for you to teach them. So just yeah. talk about everything and, and also listen, because I think, you know, when they're young, sometimes they just ramble on about silly things, but we've all heard it said that if you listen to their little rambling when they're young, then when they have bigger things to say, they're going to trust you to listen. So be a good listener too. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Well, Monica, thank you so much for joining me. Where can listeners find you if they want to connect online with you? 
Oh, totally. Well, my home base is my website, monicaswanson.com. And there's links there to pretty much everything. My new book, Raising Amazing, is on Amazon and in all the other places. And then I love to hang out on Instagram. So if you're on the IG, find me at monicaswanson underscore and be sure to say hi and tell me how you found me. I love to meet new friends over there. Perfect. Well, I didn't prompt you for this, but I ask every guest at the end of the episode two questions. And the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource to you that you would like to share with the listeners? And this could be something in relation to what we talked about today or just something that has been has had a profound impact on you. Mm, Ooh, that's so good. I'm going to say two. No, I'm going to say two. I mean, first of all, because it's so much my heart, the Bible is is my go-to for all things parenting. I know some people are like, it doesn't have parenting principles, but it really does. So I'm going to say, love to go to the word of God. Secondly, since we're just talking about the talk, um, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, it is a book on teaching kids what pornography is and um, preparing them before they come across it, what to do when they see it, because it's not a matter of if, but when these days. Mm-hmm. So Good Pictures, Bad Pictures is an excellent resource I think should be required in every home. Okay. I will include that in the show notes so mm-hmm. that people really find that. There's a junior edition for younger kids and then the oh. other one's more elementary age. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, the last question is, what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this could be something silly and frivolous or serious, whatever you want to share. Probably over the the last year, something I talk about all the time is sleep related. And it is my favorite natural supplement to help me sleep better. Um, I'm in my fifties now and my sleep has definitely gotten weird. And like you wake up with all the thoughts and I take Either they have like a powder form that you put in hot water or you can take capsules and it's called Calm Sleep. And it's like, it, it has, yeah, it has melatonin, but there's also some GABA and um, magnesium. But uh-huh. I feel like that helps me sleep so much. And so that is a, a big one. Um, I don't know. I waited a long time and I just got an iPad. <laughs> I was oh. like, why did I wait so long? I always thought it would be just like a laptop, but it's it's such a nice blend of like a phone and a laptop. So I love my I- iPad. Serves a funny, different purpose, but I've yeah. been enjoying it. So yeah. it's fun. Well, Monica, it was great to get to know you a little bit better. Thanks for your encouragement today. And I hope listeners come and find you online because I think that there is just a wealth of resource with following along with you. So I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much and great to be on with you. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com where you can find the entire podcast archive as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.